but as far as like the business side of things like i think for me it's i want to leave a legacy and i really want to learn and really master the craft of business and really understanding things and unfortunately for creatives as far as for me and most creatives that i do know business isn't our strong isn't our strength Sabrina V. Holder, welcome to 24-7 Artists. Well, I can't even say welcome because you you have <laughs> officially been a part of everything I've been doing for a while. Mm-hmm. But for the folks who don't know you, welcome to 24-7 Artists. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Of course. I know you're feeling under the weather, but yes. you're a soldier. So, you, you know, <laughs> mom at home with kid and under the weather and still pulled through on the podcast. So for anybody who hits me with the you do, I can't because I'm going to be like, yo, Sabrina did it. So <laughs> you better pull up. Please don't use me as the standard. <laughs> you can set the bar. No excuses. <laughs> but welcome to the podcast. Um, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, for the folks who don't know you, tell you know everyone listening or watching a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm Sabrina Voss Holder. Um, my husband and I, we run an agency called Medium Creative Agency, uh, formerly known as Medium PR Agency. But we've been, we've been working in the industry now. It's going on, dang, it's going on like 11, 12 years officially. Um, and on paper with our company, it's been eight years. So I mm. started out as a photographer. That's I think that's how you and I met, Yudu. Like I started out as a photographer, this kid, like trying to be a part of every concert, festival, get behind the scenes, get photos of performers, everybody. Um, <clears throat> and then transitioned to radio while I was in college, college radio. Um, then I went to a mom and pop radio out of like Fredericksburg, Virginia. If y'all are from that area, I was on 993, 99.3, the vibe. Um, I was first their promoter and then became their board operator and became their midday announcer. Then transitioned to Sirius XM satellite radio. Um, I started as a board operator and became a producer and then would sometimes chime in on certain shows. Um, and then I also worked at Sport Zone Elite. I was working in their corporate office for a little bit as their photographer, social media man, social media manager. Uh, and then during that time, though, in college is when Q and I had met. And so Q would have a blog called Red Tag Society, and then transition to QuinnellHolder.com. And I would help him with the video. So I, not only was I a photographer. I was shooting video, I was editing video, I was doing everything I could get my hands into to like basically just be in the mix when it came to industry stuff. Uh, I don't know what it was about music, but it just seemed to help me escape certain things I was going through in my life early on. Um, I was in a dark period in my life, so music really helped me just feel like I was really involved. And then when I discovered blogging and websites and all that, I really started to tap in with like the DMV scene. Um, I grew up in Fredericksburg. No, I didn't grow up in Fredericksburg. I was a military brat. My dad retired mm. and moved us to Fredericksburg. So I finished high school in Fredericksburg. And then that's when I started tapping into the DMV music scene in my college years. Um, but yeah, fast forward again, back to satellite radio. Um, I ended up being there for about two and a half years. And then I retired, which is funny because I'm only 33 years old. But yes, I retired from my radio career. Um, I did that for about four or five years. And I was like, this is cool, but I want to do my own thing. So once I retired from there, um, I went full on with Q, with meeting and PR agency at the time. And it's weird, though, because anything public relations wise, I hate it. I am not gifted in that at all <laughs> but q <laughs> is a beast at it and if y'all don't know quinnell's uh quinnell holder coach q is what they call him sometimes is my husband and he's like one of the best publicists i've ever had the chance of knowing i may be biased but i mean i've heard people i've heard people <laughs> say the same thing <laughs> um but fast forward then a few years got pregnant had my daughter and then um once covid hit like officially that week that COVID hit, 
I actually got connected with uh, a label owner. His name is Doc Watson, um, and mm-hmm. he runs Reflection Music Group, which is under Empire Distribution. Um, and if y'all don't really know the industry too much uh, with Christian hip hop, that's what their label is a part of. Um, Derek Minor is the co-owner of the label with Doc. So Derek Minor is like one of the top leading Christian hip hop artists, pretty much like uh, around the same level as Lecrae. Maybe he didn't reach that like mainstream level as Lecrae, but he's pretty much up there. He was signed to Lecrae at one point. Um, but I worked with them for about uh, almost two years uh, as their marketing director. First, Doc brought me onto the label. and He was like, hey, I love your vibe. I love what you're doing. I really need your help. So I was helping him. And then literally like six months later, he was like, I want you to become our marketing director for Amplify which is like a distribution uh, situation that they did through their label for other artists that needed like distribution and all that. So I learned a lot from him, learned a lot from the other people on the label, um, got connected with a lot of people. And then uh, I think it was about, I think it was December of last year. I was like, I need to take a break because as you all mm-hmm. know, being a mom, I mean, you do, you know, like being a parent, working from home, owning your own business, like it's a lot when you have kids and when they're at that age mm-hmm. and they're like, you're working too much. I'm like, who taught you to talk like that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then like, even Q was like, I really need your help more with the agency. He was like, um, you know, we need to figure something out. So I stepped away from the label situation. Cause if you all are aware, like record labels, it's a very demanding job. Like I was, I think I was doing marketing management for like 30 plus artists um Mm. so it was like a lot yeah and then it being like my first time like really diving in deep into that it was a lot but i will say that i all the stuff that i took from there and learned i was able to now bring it to our agency and it's been a huge blessing um because now not only do we offer public relations and creative services but now we offer marketing and it's been like such a game changer for a lot of our clients and that's pretty much me in a nutshell. I mean, there's so much more I can share, but it's, it, it would take two days. <laughs> no, nah, that, that's that's an amazing journey. And I think, you know, one of the, the trends that I see on this podcast is, you know, people's experiences and their lives kind of prepare them for the success they have. So it's something as not trivial, but something that might be overlooked, like you being a, a military kid meaning you move around a lot, yeah. which then because we did the same, we moved around a lot. Uh, I think it gives you the gift of like being able to walk in any room and be yourself. Yeah. And and I remember the first time meeting you, you were just, I hate to use the word bold, but like you weren't shy to say, hey, my name's Sabrina. I'm a dope photographer. You need pictures. Call me. It was like you just had this energy about you. I remember telling V like, yo, like, Yo, she's dope. And we worked together and you always over delivered and your photos were always dope. They were all over our studio, you know, like. So for me, it was like, oh, OK, like I didn't understand why you were like that. But now that you've said it, it makes sense. Like the the background of being a military kid. So, yeah, it's little things. And then obviously all the other experiences like college radio, Sirius XM radio. So you've had all these like experiences along the way that now for your own company with your husband, it's like you're primed and ready for success. So a lot more makes sense now. Yeah. And it's funny because back then, I'm glad that you felt that way. Back then I was a very insecure person. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I can tell. I cannot tell. I was very insecure. So I just remember, I do remember though the first time I met you in person, because I had been following you and Davina for a while. I think it was like a year or two before. Um, Risa Renee actually was the one who was like, Hey, um, sports zone. Yeah, sports zone. Got you. Yep. Risa Renee was like, "Hey, I'm about to go to House Studios," but I was like, "What? That's fire! Like, I'm a huge fan of theirs." <laughs> and she was like, "Yeah, you want to come?" I was like, "Yeah," and mm-hmm. I literally like y'all. I didn't like go in there bombard you to or anything. I literally was just there, a fly on a wall, and I was just like, "Listen," and then I introduced myself. And that's the one thing too. Like, I will say, like you said, being a military brat, I'm used to being the new kid. I'm always used to being in spaces that I'm not, I'm not comfortable in or not, um, you know, known in. So when you do like noticed that I was in there, I introduced myself. And then after that, I just, 
any any little piece I could take like to stay connected with them, I did. Um, and that's one thing about this industry that I learned over the years. And Q's been like a really help with that, a big help with that too. Because like I said, I was an insecure kid. Um, just a lot of situations I was put in that uh, that made me, you know, kind of second guess myself, I guess. Um, and so with that situation, I was like, I need to make sure I get my foot in the door. And it was very uncomfortable, but I made it happen. Um, and I will say, though, it wasn't until like maybe a year and a half ago, I actually like uh, started doing this side gig um, with this company called Monate Network Marketing. It's mm-hmm. totally outside of what I usually do. Um, but I will say working with that company and the community that I'm in with them, um, even though it's totally different from music, it's helped me develop a more uh, confident personality. It's helped me be able to put mm. myself out there more. That's why you do now you're seeing me showing up on TikTok, on my Instagram reels and showing my face. Because if you asked me two years ago, I'd have been like, you're crazy. I ain't doing that. I'm behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> like even when I met you, too, I was behind the camera. I didn't do stuff in front of camera. Yep. <clears throat> that's true yeah. that's very true no you, yeah it, it's funny it, shout out to Risa Renee um yeah I, I remember that day I remember the studio room you were in studio a um I, it, it's, it's like I didn't because I was trying to remember where do we meet where do we meet and then when you said it it like hit me yeah Risa super talented singer songwriter from the DMV DC Maryland Virginia area uh who we worked on a few projects together and she was my sneaker connect yep. so she started my sneaker addiction yeah um but yes, uh, I remember you. You were bold, so the fact that you weren't as bold as, as you may have thought, you you definitely hit it well. But your work spoke for itself. So beyond like, yeah. hey, whatever you need, you let me know. And I remember like that energy, and I was like, all right, well. And we had like a slew of creatives. We had Simon, we had Zach, like we had all these visual creatives. We had no shortage of them. Yep. But I remember thinking like, yo, like there's just an energy about it. Let's give her a shot. And I remember the first time you took pictures and I, I saw them, I was like, Oh, like she's got the vision. Like we're good. So, you know, take your shot. It's, it's something all too often. And I'm sure you see it. Like people who ask for advice, they want the answer, but like they haven't even done the first step of like, I'll always ask like, well, what have you done so far? And it's like, they've just thought about it, but it's like, yo, well just go try it. Like what happens if you just go ask someone, what happens if you just like knock on the door or like, Put yourself out there and it usually works out for me it's almost always worked out yeah so i mean shoot, i love that like, you did that yeah i mean shoot like like back it up a little bit like when i told you me and q were working together on the website um that he had when i was in college the only reason why q and i even got our foot in the door with that whole situation like with the industry like really getting people to notice us as kids in college was because we had that interview with Kendrick Lamar at Hampton University's homecoming mm-hmm. when uh, Section Section Eighty uh, came out, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> yeah, and because we did got that interview, bro. When I tell you the quality of that video was so trash, it was so <laughs> trash. The audio was trash. It was loud. We didn't have a microphone, like. But people that were there to interview him and other people at the homecoming concert, they had the whole setup, right? But they didn't know who Kendrick was. So mm. here we are. We're like, we don't care about anybody else. We just want the interview with Kendrick. And he was just like, only people only knew him at the time as like KDOT and all that. So like mm-hmm. <clears throat> when he came out to HU, we, we sat for hours to finally like do an interview with him that probably lasted for like five minutes. And we put it together. We put it on YouTube, and then as he was, his buzz was growing, people were like, holy crap, how did you get that interview with him? And then Q had uh, reached out to, uh, no, Farm Rep was hiring or put, bringing uh, reps over for the fader, and uh, it was only for college students, though. Mm-hmm. Q didn't go to college. He dropped out, but he was always with me at ODU. I went to Odemi University in Norfolk, Virginia. So he was always with me. He was even in the student organizations with me. We were at student hip hop organization. We were at an <laughs> independent music association. And he was like, Sabrina, you should apply to this. I said, no, you should. Cause I already got my situation with the radio and stuff. And he was like, but I'm not in college. I said, so what, who cares? So he submitted the stuff that we put like together the interviews and all that. And uh, they hit him back like a couple days later and they were like, 
okay, we want you in the team. And he was like, well, I'm mm. not in college. And they were like, doesn't matter. They were like, well, we got to ask you, how did you get that interview with Kendrick? We didn't think anybody else was hip to what he had going on at the time. And he was, and he just told him the story. And I say all that to say, like, with this type of industry, when you're just, when you're coming in, whether you're a creative, whether you're professional, uh, a recording artist, whatever, you got to take chances, even if it won't make sense at the time. And you got to feel, un- it's going to feel uncomfortable. Like, y'all, we probably only had $5 to our name. We probably, I think, I remember the only meal we had that day was two McDoubles. <laughs> we were hungry. We were tired. I had an exam the next day. And we just were like, we're going to get this interview. We're not going anywhere. And I'm just thankful that we stuck through it because it felt like hell at the time. And it didn't make sense. But fast forward like look at us now like god opened up that situation for us and gave us the strength to endure whatever we had to endure and now we're here so wow yeah wow i'm yo that's that is an incredible story i hope anyone listening and watching like takes that because it's a reoccurring theme but and and if you read any autobiography it's the same thing just put yourself out there like at the end of the day you know, you and you were prepared, right? I think preparation is so important. So you guys are ahead of the curve. You're researching the artist. You guys interview Kendrick. You know who he is. So he probably enjoyed it. You know, I almost guarantee you that if you ask him like, yo, do you remember that? Like he probably does, because, you know, early in your career, when no one really knows you, especially as far away from Cali as you can get, when when these two, you know, uh, aspiring you know, journalism, marketing, PR folks run up on you and are asking you real questions and like really want your time. That means the world to you. And you never forget that. So I, you know, that, and then, you know, Q who I'll definitely have on this podcast as well, you know, is, is a genius in his own right. So when the two of you come together, it's like a superpower, right? You have, you know, Q who's, as I say it, I can picture him like explaining something with his hands and how he moves and how he talks. And then there's kind of you in the cut, but you always kind of make sure like things happen. Um, you know, I love, I love y'all's relationship. I love the energy. I think the DMV is, is, is so much better for you guys being a part of it. So, you know, obviously thank you to you and Q. So now like let's fast forward. So I've, I've, I've met you. I know you, you're working, you're doing your photography thing. The pictures that always stick out to me are the the bad boy joints y'all did at the the church. Yeah. Um with Poppin and Lil' Kim. Like I have and then like you did the concert. Like I have the I think you gave us a locks and the Lil' Kim photo portrait. Yeah. On the wall in the studio. So like you you do the photography, but you have the left brain, right brain, right? You're doing Photography is a creative, so you understand and you speak the creative language, but you also are supporting creatives along the way. Yeah. How was that balance for you as both a creative and a business owner? How do you navigate that? Bruh, I'm still trying to figure out <laughs> figure that out to this day. Uh, but for what I've been learning so far is, for me, I have to teach myself to not uh, do too many things at once because that's, I think that's, I, I may be wrong, but for me personally as a creative, I tend to put my hands into too much things. So that's like a toxic trait of mine. I call it my my uh, toxic creative trait. Um, but what I've been learning is basically I've just been setting out like what my goals are, what it is that I want to do in the long run, and where do I see myself like five years, ten years from now. So like as far as like the creative side of things, I love it. That's always going to be something that I'm always going to have on my back pocket whenever I need to like, whether I need to express myself, whether I need to make connections with people or whether I need to make, you know, quick money. Like it's kind of like being a barber, you know, everything else can shut down, but people are always going to need a haircut. People are always Mm going to need like their hair washed, all that. So I treat that as like something I'm always going to have that God gave me. I'm never going to waste that. Um, and the cool thing too is side note, like Z is starting to tap into that. She's actually left-handed and she's really good mm. behind the camera already. Wow. And I'm like, hey, I, what? I'm sure she's gonna be a monster. <laughs> Her mom and dad know what they're doing. So listen. But as yeah. far as like the business side of things, like I think for me it's I want to leave a legacy 
And I really want to learn and really master the craft of business and really understanding things. And unfortunately for creatives, as far as for me and most creatives that I do know, business isn't our strong, isn't our strength. Um, A lot of the stuff that I learned is from Q, is from other mentors of mine. Shoot, from you, from Davina, like I... I always have to make myself make sure that I'm studying what y'all are doing and just just watching y'all and then physically doing it myself and not being afraid with failing. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as like trying to balance it, it's still something that I'm working on, but I do see myself getting stronger and stronger on the business side of things um, and just being intentional with the time that I'm doing that invest into it. So. Huh? I, I love that answer. And it, it's, you know, transparently, I'm in the same space, right? I'm, I've always been a producer, music producer, and that's where I started. Yeah. I put that on the back burner for, I'd say, eight years where, like, I didn't really create anything personally. Or if I did, it was, like, hidden. Um, one, because I was in a position to help others yeah. and I didn't feel it'd be right. I felt like it'd be unfair if... if it'd be too easy for me to walk in the room and get the placement. Yeah. But like, how do I put my guys on if everyone then would come for me? Um, but then too, I had to focus on the business. I was where you were. I, I, I knew how to make a dollar, but that's not business, right? I knew how to make money, but that making money and making a business are not the same. And, and I didn't know that until I had, you know, you learn it the hard way. I didn't know about taxes. I didn't know about raising funds. I didn't know about payroll. I didn't know about communicating with a team, how to hire and fire and, and, mission statements and, and brand pillars. I, I didn't know any of that. So yeah. I had to really, you know, house for me was, was my college, my post-grad. And then I feel like the last few years before we exited was my doctorate where I was like, okay, now I've gone through the entire thing of starting, running, building and selling a company. I've seen every piece of it. Now this go around, let me do it better. Yeah. Now I should be able to do it more efficiently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had to, I had to find mentors and, and some good, some bad. And, and you have to learn from failure. It's, it's you know, the, the saying that I love is like if, if a kid's trying to learn how to walk. Right. You, you when does it when does a parent stop telling the kid to try like you never stop that you keep trying until you walk. You have to fall a hundred times, a thousand times. And as a parent, my job is to just make sure that if you hurt yourself, I you know, it's OK. Give you a hug and a kiss. But you got to figure it out. Yep. Like you got to keep falling. And that's business. So, you know, I think the fear of failure, the fear of looking stupid, and especially in the social media era where it feels like more eyes are on you, people are almost paralyzed to move. But the reality is most people aren't really paying attention to you as much as you think. And most of them are not even bold enough to to think to try to do what you're doing. So it's like, just just do it. Fail. Fail. Great. Like, I, I love failing because it's like, OK, I can do that better next time. Yep. You, you, you hit it in the nail with that. Um, it's funny. You, you mentioning how people don't really, not a lot, everybody's not paying attention to what you're doing. Um, and I think we get in our heads about that, especially as creatives, because we're like, mm-hmm. ah, we need to make sure everything is perfect. We need to make sure our, our, our voice is being heard and all these things. I actually heard a story most recently and I can't remember who told me the story, but they, she told me that, uh, there was a study being done. And they had like five people in this study and they had roommates and they had these five people wear the same clothing every single day for a whole week. When they asked their roommates, if they noticed the roommate said, Oh, I think they wore that outfit like twice this week. They didn't even notice that they were wearing the same outfit every single day. And when I heard that story, I was like, dang, people really don't pay attention. Like we think they do, which it could be a bad thing, but it's also a good thing for us because it gets us out of our heads and we just need to do what mm-hmm. we need to do. We got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. So I feel like that's a perfect transition now, because as we speak about people paying attention, uh, I, I always knew I'd get you on the podcast. I thought it would be more as the creative photographer person, but maybe a month ago I started seeing these like TikToks of you dropping these gems. And every time I'm like, like comment fire emojis. Cause like you're dropping like just really, really good information that every artist independent or signed should know. 
Um, so if you're not following her by now, Sabrina V Holder, it will be in the details. Like, go follow her on TikTok, Instagram. Uh, you're dropping all these gems and giving away the, these free gems. Why? Why are you doing that? Why are you helping every artist who is anyone that can just follow you with these free marketing gems? So, real talk. The main reason why is because as a business owner running medium PR and a meeting creative agency now for the last eight years, we have gotten to the point where we're noticing a common trend with artists, whether they're big sign at the label or independent, no situation, just starting out. There's always a situation of, I don't have money. I don't have the budget. I don't have the resources. I don't have the help. And we're like, especially with those with situations, we're like, how is that possible? And we've seen so many budgets mismanaged, so many budgets just taken away. Um, we've seen people who are doing music and they just don't understand that they have to make money to be able to build a team, to be able to create, to be able to have resources so me and Q are at this stage now in our lives where we've just been feeling like a heavy calling um, for us to be able to just offer information that people can have, free knowledge, wisdom that can help them get to that point where they can finally invest in themselves, not rely on investors, not rely on labels, um, not rely on banks to be able to fund their stuff. Uh, or fund their career. Um, <clears throat> that's been really the reason why I've been wanting to do this because it just sucks like to see people stuck and not happy because they don't have money, but <laughs> money like comes and goes. It's all about developing your legacy. It's all about developing your reputation, um, creating things that will make people want to, invest into you who are your fans and that's why like when you watch my tiktoks when you watch my reels i speak heavily on creating super fans what are super fans basically they're people who advocate for you these are the people that are going to be lining up a day before your concert tickets are available these are the people that are going to know every show that you have people that are going to know anytime you drop a piece of merch do a collaboration when they see you they just want to they want to support. They want to be there for you all the time. These are your super fans. These are people that are going to spend money with you and spend time listening to you being there for you. Um, and that should be the ultimate goal, honestly, for any type of creative to have advocates mm -hmm. for your work because that's free marketing. That's people that are speaking for you when you can't do it or you can't physically be somewhere. Um, and so that's why I wanted to do that. Um, because I just got to the point where I'm like, that can't be the only excuse why you're not elevating in your career because so-and-so didn't write the check for you or you didn't get like that, that bonus or whatever through the label or whatever. Like you should have your own situation that if something doesn't happen with, with your, with the, the, the label deal or does something doesn't happen with the investor, you have the merchandise that you can fall back on. You have your talent of doing production for artists or doing features or doing tours, whatever, whatever you could offer to society, you should fall back on that and always rely on that situation versus mm -hmm. something that you don't know a hundred percent because you don't own it. So. <clears throat> wow. That's, that's powerful. And, and, the the gems which you're super consistent with again follow Sabrina V Holder on on TikTok on IG like it, it, they're really good because they're I'd say like they they're spoken to the to a person and 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 only like I'm trying to figure out how to say it like I teach but I've had to learn how to like dumb down because it's I skip steps in my head because it's second nature at this point. Yeah. And Davina's like, no, no, you do like, you can't just say phrases people don't understand, or you can't like, you can't afford to, to just like brush over something that you get because they may not understand that. And it's taking me a while to like, really like bring down like how I communicate. So I'm not skipping those steps. 
And when I see your TikToks, I, I use them as a reference at times and be like, wow, she really explained what I'm trying to say in a way that like anyone can understand that. Well, so that's a gift within itself. I think like you, you intentionally do that. Uh, I notice it, but it's really effective. And it's why like I do when I put those fire emojis or like whenever I see it, it's not obviously I support you, but it's like I really like I pick it up. I'm like, damn, like that's a great way to teach it so much so that it's why I reached out to you. I was like, yo, can I just like repost this? Because rather than me try to figure out how to say it the same way, like you said it as best as I can possibly say it. Um, so I, I want to commend you for that. Um, and then two, I feel like beyond just the free education, then like artists then also need someone like you because you said earlier, artists aren't businesses. So it's it's why we started this company. But ultimately, it's like some artists are just never going to get it. They're not going to be good at marketing themselves. They're not going to want to worry about social media and analytics and, and tracking data and setting up plays. So speak to us about like medium creative agency and your unique approach to supporting artists and creators. Yeah. So medium creative agency, <clears throat> most recently because I started involving marketing into the agency. Now that we have a whole funnel situation. So what medium creative agency focuses on is public relations, marketing, brand partnerships. Uh, we now tapped into sports, um, different things like that. So, when an artist or an athlete or honestly any type of business, because we've even worked with uh, authors most recently in apps, uh, when they come to us, we kind of do like a whole audit. We first we do first do a consultation that helps us be able to get to know the person, the business, the brand, the musician. And then we also get to know what their goals are, what they're wanting to do in the next three to five years, all the things, right? And then we introduce ourselves. We make sure that we vibe well in conversation because if we don't vibe well, if we don't vibe well already with the consultation, it's not going to do well with the business moving forward. So we kind of treat that as like an informal interview type of thing. Uh, so once the consultation is over, if everything is well with the relationship or how we're we're talking, then we move forward with okay, we do the audit. So we look at their socials. We look at their DSPs, which is digital streaming platforms for musicians that don't know. So that's like Spotify, YouTube, Tidal, Apple, whatever, Audiomack. Um, <clears throat> then we look at like uh, if they have any tours or different things like that outside of like the digital stuff. Um, we put that all together. We look it over. Then we make notes. Okay, this needs to be fixed. This needs to be figured out. This needs to be, you know, switched around. Da, da, da. Then we give them give them the um, we give them a proposal. So basically, the proposal would be like, okay, based off of what we know that you need, this is what needs to happen. So we don't do the same thing for every artist. If you find which little tip on this, if you find somebody who does public relations or marketing and they have the same exact thing for every client that they have, I don't recommend going that route with them. Everybody is different. It's kind of like our bodies. I'm a huge self-care nut, by the way. If y'all, when y'all start to follow me, you're going to see that. Um, our bodies are very different. What, what may help my body is not going to help Yudu's body. It's not going to help Davina's body. Everybody, like everybody's different. So the same thing with your career, music, whatever. It's not going to be the same thing. So we do the proposal. We make sure everything is fit to your needs and then after the proposal once the artist gives the green light or their management gives the green light then we decide we tend to go the marketing route first to make sure everything is optimized meaning your links are connected properly your spotify has everything that they have for the artist to use so like bio playlist uh photo header youtube has the main video to go to all the things we make sure everything is optimized and then uh, we de develop a content strategy. So like if the artist has a hard time with reels or TikToks, develop a content strategy, give them ideas of types of content that they can do outside of, hey, go stream my music, go download my, go download my song, uh, check out or follow me here, follow me there. We actually give them a strategy that's going to fit their personality, fit their audience that they want to target. 
And then um, we also help them with like advertising. So marketing and advertising are two different things. People think it's the same thing. It's not. When you find somebody that says, hey, uh, I want to uh, offer you marketing. I want to help you get a certain amount of streams, get a certain amount of uh, plays, listens or whatever. No, that's not marketing. That's advertising. And you need to make sure that if they do offer that for you, that they're doing it directly on the platforms that offer the advertising versus a third party website and things like that, because that'll actually screw you up, which I'll talk more about that later. Um, <clears throat> once the marketing part is over, then that's when Q comes in, because a lot of times artists will come to us or or people that with brands will come to us and be like, oh, we need public relations. But their whole digital footprint, which meaning like their website, all that stuff is off. It's either not available, it's not good, there's no quality behind it, they're not active on it. So it's like, okay, well you want us to do public relations, but your digital footprint is not is non-existent. Um, so they first do the marketing, then the public relations will come after everything else is completed with the marketing. Sometimes we'll do both at the same time if they're at that level where they are doing stuff and their digital footprint does exist, but they need like a boost so we'll do like marketing along with public relations. And then um, as far as like brand partnerships or like anything else that we offer, like for authors and sports, uh, um, public relations and all that, that's a little different. But that's like a whole nother podcast episode you would want to do with Q. So, yeah. Okay. I love it. So <clears throat> at what stage does an artist need a medium creative agency? If I'm an artist starting out and let's say I've put out a couple songs and I'm not getting the traction I want, do I reach out to medium now or do I do some work first and then reach out at what, at what stage does an artist reach out to, to someone like you guys? So that's the beauty about the consultations that we offer. They could be at any stage. They could be just starting out. And if they really feel like they need help, we provide affordable consultation rates. So anywhere from like 79 to a hundred dollars for 45 minutes to an hour, you'll get like a strategy. You'll get one-on-one -on -one interaction with me or Q that'll help them know what steps they need to do to get to the level that they can do marketing and public relations and invest money into that. So like example would be like an artist, like, just starting out they're about to put their first single out but they don't know what to do and they don't want to mess it up they don't want to waste money behind it so then they would come to us book a consultation with me or q and then tell us what's going on and then based off of what we see and what you've given us we're going to give you like a pretty much a whole blueprint of what it is that you need to be doing to be able to have a successful single release um and then if they want to come back to us great but yeah we're now at the, we're now at that that part where that stage where consultations, you can be at any level in your career. Now, when you do public relations and marketing though, you should at least do some of the groundwork. Um, with that being said, because if you try to come to us and you don't have anything out, like I had a couple clients where they came to me, they didn't have anything out yet. It didn't really work well in their favor because they didn't learn themselves how to do it. So I suggest that you listen to podcasts like this, you follow people like us, you learn, you try to get all the, as much free knowledge as you can when you're starting out and then develop that blueprint for yourself and then reach out to people like us for help or have some type of budget. For consultations, <laughs> you don't have to have a crazy budget, but for marketing and public relations, because with us, uh, our 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 services range from 750 up to like I can go as high as like I've seen sometimes like 20k so it all you also need to make sure that you have a specific budget whenever you want to hire big services like that and have mm -hmm. the groundwork already done I love it so <clears throat> so anyone any artist or creator at, at any level um at least do the consultation. And, and my, you know, I add my two cents to that is one of the areas that I want to, when I'm checking, if an artist is serious, is I'll say, you know, what have you paid for? Um, because in any other area of life, you'd be willing to pay, you know, if you want to learn how to drive, you'll pay to go to driver's school. You know, if, if you want to go to college, you'll pay for college. If you want to play sports, you'll play for summer camp or, you know, basketball camp or soccer camp. 
So it's like in, in the arts or a creator or even business world, if you're not paying to go to a conference, if you're not going to webinars, if you're not getting consultations, I can't take you serious. It just means you're not at that level yet. Um, and if you don't have the budget for it, that's a different conversation. But if if I see that, you know, it's funny, we when we'd book studio time and artists would come in and they'd always be like, oh, you know, I don't have it. You know, how can you work with us? And we'd work with a lot of people. But the first thing I do is I look at their shoes and I'd be like, how much those shoes cost? And they're like, oh, I mean, I got these J's for like two seventy five. And I'm like, oh, OK, so you, you'd rather give Nike two seventy five than pay to get your song mixed and mastered for whatever the rate is. Right. Like. That's what you're telling me. And they're like, nah, bro, it's just, you know, the look, the look. And I'm like, no, I understand. But it just means that's more important to you. So yep. I'm not the right guy for you then. Um, and and again, no knock on, on Nike. Like, please, like, don't don't come for me. But it's it's just like if you're not willing to spend the money on a thing you say you're serious about, then I can't take you serious because you are going to spend the money. Right. You do spend it. It's not like you're dead broke. You just choose to spend it elsewhere. So, yeah, it's, it's one of the areas I always look at is like, where have you spent money? So if someone's like, man, I just can't break. I just can't seem I'm like, I'm not saying you have to have ran a marketing campaign, but have you met with someone? Have you had a conversation? Have you at least tried? Um, so that's great. OK, so now. Sorry, go ahead. No, no I was going to say it's kind of like like when you're looking into things for like legal lawyers, right? lawyers yep. don't lawyers don't have consultations for free they're gonna pay a certain nope. amount for that so like you said yep. what you just said is super on point what's important yeah. to you and it's kind of like with two when you look at a bank statement you can see what's important mm -hmm. to somebody by how much you're spending hey. with certain things <laughs> yep and i'm like wait you'll pay 79 a month for la fitness but you won't pay for the one hour consultation with sabrina like Something's not adding up for me. So yeah. maybe you want to be a gym guy, man. That's maybe that maybe that's your thing. But yeah. you don't want to be an artist then. And that's let's just be honest. Get so your priorities in check, basically. Yeah. Get get your priorities in check. All right. So now I want to run through kind of an exercise, right? Like mm -hmm. what is what are some common missteps that you see first time artists making in the marketing digital footprint brand space? Like what What's some some like because I know you've, you've touched on this on your TikToks, but like never putting a song out and getting ready to release in a couple months, songs being recorded and mixed and all that. What are some missteps that that first time artist is making? The two that really stand out to me is they're submitting music a day or two before the release date. No promo, no nothing before the song releases. And then they wonder why when the song drops at midnight, it's still zero listens until the next day or two. Um, the other one is not having a clear strategy for their social media. So I know a lot of times with creatives, social media can either be a blessing or a curse to us, right? We either hate it or we love it. Um, well, I hate to break it to y'all, whether you hate it or love it, it's a tool and you need to use it. It's like a business card, basically. Physical business cards, physical CDs are a thing of the past. Social media is your window for people to get to know you. So those are the two main things that I notice that artists misuse or miss out on before they drop their song um, or before they drop anything. Because with social media, you can come to me and be like, Sabrina, not getting any engagement, not getting any growth, but then when I go on their social media, their link isn't there, or they only have a link to their YouTube, or only a link to their Apple Music, nothing to their Spotify, nothing to all the 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 um, distribution outlets or digital streaming outlets available for people to go to. Because maybe I don't like I don't listen on title, but the other person will. So if you only give them one option, you're kind of closing yourself off. Not kind of. You are closing yourself off. Same thing with like mm -hmm. social media. You need to have all, all profiles. That's TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Twitter, Facebook. If you don't have those main ones, you're missing out on so many eyeballs and ears to your craft. Whether you think you have the, 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 uh, the time to do it or not, there's so many programs out there now, free and paid that you can schedule things. You can get an intern or somebody in college who's a fan of your music to help you post things. Like there's different things that you can do to make it work. Of course, like start out small, 
where you may want to focus just on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. And why do I say those three only right now? It's because it's video-based. Everything on social media needs to be video. Whether you like it or not, video. <laughs> um, so, and then as far as going back to like people releasing things too short notice, when you do that, you're missing out on pre-saves. Pre-saves are huge for artists whenever they're getting ready to release something because it allows the buzz to happen. It also helps with your algorithm on Spotify and YouTube. Yes, they have algorithms too. Um, no, and, and also to uh, actually, no, there's three things. The third thing is artists uh, complaining about the algorithm or people not wanting to pay attention to their to their releases or anything. And they put this on social media or they, they complain about it in person to people and they have this chip on their shoulder. Like they come with this, um, this uh, audacity, like, oh, people should listen to my music because I'm dope. No, because your target audience may think it's dope, but everybody outside that target audience may not really like it. So you need to come with a little bit of, not a little bit, you need to come with humility when it comes to releasing mm -hmm. things. So those are the three things that I noticed that are major mistakes that artists make <clears throat> with their with their releases. I love it. And and just so I can drill down for that first one. Uh, so you said submitting music a day before. Who are they submitting it to? Distribution uh, distribution outlets. So like DistroKid, TuneCore, if you're through Empire, United Masters, which Empire United and United Masters would not let you release something two days before the release date. They have a, um, a a cap on the time frame. So like with Empire, when I worked at the label, you have to have music in no later than three weeks before the release date. With YouTube, it's one week. I, I suggest one week before is including, especially if you're like through Vidya. <clears throat> Vidya is a distribution that does it for other music outlets, but also they really target like YouTube and the visual platforms. Um, but yeah, when you, when you do that super last minute, like I said, people are not going to be aware of what's going on. And so you're pretty much like just throwing a pebble into the night in a, in a pond and you're hoping that it's going to be found. It's not because you didn't prepare for it. Like you didn't talk about it on your social media. You didn't have a pre-save link. You didn't have a merch piece of merch created for that release. Like these are all the things that are going to give you a success, a higher success rate with your releases. Um, it's kind of like when you like anything like clothing line or new release of Netflix or whatever. Like they talk, they tell you it's coming out like a month, three weeks ahead before it comes out, and it gets everybody excited. They talk about it on social media. By the time it finally comes can't get enough of it you have to watch it whether you like it or not you are talking about it and you're going to invest the time to listen to it or watch it yeah now you're right and it's funny so I've, you know i've met with pretty much all the social platforms where we've worked with them you know with the various artists and one of the consistent things and it, it took me a while to really understand it but it wasn't until we met with youtube and the the marketing or the content team at youtube laid it out for us very clearly they were like we need you to be successful. Like we don't want any channels to not be successful. So the idea that the algorithm will ever work against you is a, is a falsity because we only make money when we get ad dollars and we only get ad dollars when people watch content. So if perfect scenario, every channel is successful. It said that said the goal of the algorithm is to try to figure out who your audience is. And the only thing you can do for us is be very consistent and and use keywords and tags and titles for a specific audience because once we understand who your audience is we have enough data that the algorithm would say oh there's a million other people like that person we're going to start showing it to them and then once they start showing it if it works they're going to show it to more and if it doesn't they're not going to show it to as many and like once that clicked to me i was like oh snap like because at the time that was our problem with house was we had i think a good DC following, but once we kind of went national, we struggled to like get the numbers. And it was because we didn't really understand like who we were. Like it, yeah. it we almost had to like reset and say, okay, well, who are we and who is our what YouTube called our avatar? Who is the person that loves houses content? 
Um, and, and so for 24 seven, it was like really clear for me. I was like, all right, my avatar is someone who's trying to figure out how to release content, how to release music, how to run a business for the first time. That's my avatar. Will someone who's established get value from this? Absolutely. Will someone who's been in the game for 10 years get value from this? Absolutely. But the ideal person for me is that person who probably has a job. So they have some money to spend, like they can hire Sabrina, they can hire, you know, a good engineer, they can hire a good graphic person. Um, They've got some time and they're serious about their craft, but they want to be a professional artist. That's my avatar. So now every piece of content we create is servicing that person. And it's working like we get more engagement now early on with this company than we did at the end of our last company. But it's because just that simple idea of like Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, they all want you to succeed because your success makes them money. But if you don't help them succeed or help them help you succeed, it's not that they're going to punish you. It's just like they're going to support the people who get it. And I'm glad you touched on that because newsflash to anybody listening to this algorithm is not made to go against you. It's made to help you. Also, you are the creator of your own algorithm. When you know who your target audience is, just like you just said, he now knows the audience that he wants to target, his ideal audience. It's going to work in his favor now because now every time he releases something, it's pushing out to those type of people that he is targeting it to. So when you feel like you're being shadow banned, or the algorithm is working against you, you just need to do an audit on yourself. Pretty much take a good look at yourself in the mirror. And your mirror is your social media platforms. And each one is different. Like one of the key things too that I notice uh, that artists tend to make a mistake on is they'll be on TikTok and they'll tell people to go to their Spotify to listen to the song. TikTok isn't going to put you on the For You page now because you're telling people to leave their app. They want you to stay in the app. So your trick is to, not trick, your strategy is to have the music available for them on TikTok. And then if they want to listen more about you or, or get to know you more, they're going to look at the link on your bio or they're going to follow you to stay in the know. It's the same thing with Instagram. Instagram doesn't want you to leave their Instagram to go to, their, to, go to TikTok or go to Spotify or YouTube. YouTube doesn't want you to leave them to go to Spotify. and all. Spotify doesn't want you to leave them to go to YouTube to watch the podcast anymore. Now they offer visuals on their podcast section in Spotify. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. like, like you just said, they make these platforms to benefit you. And, and if you leave, they're not getting paid with the ad dollars. So they're not doing stuff to make you leave. They're doing stuff that they are hoping that is going to keep you there. You just need to be strategic. Yep. So, yeah. Nah, that's dope. All right. And then so we've touched on the first time artist now for someone who's more established. So let's say I'm an artist. I've released music consistently. I've got, you know, a a group of super fans. But but let's say, you know, maybe I've been in the game 10 plus years. Maybe I have a, a good mailing list or something like that, but I'm not as active on social media. How do I come up with a social media strategy? What's what's the approach for an artist who's been in the game and is trying to figure out now are they doing a tiktok dances like i told Amina, like i i'm like you i was, I was like oh, i'm not about to do no stupid tiktok dances to like go viral and like i'm not doing all that dumb shit like it's just not me so we wanted to figure this out and she was like no 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 like it, you can do it without that i was like good because that's not me so help help you know even someone like me like how, how do how do i build a brand strategy as a music producer artist who doesn't have a following on TikTok, but has friends and family and people who know what I do. So the main thing I like to ask the artist that is more established is what's your, what is your purpose for why you do music? When they tell me their why of why they do music and it could be anything as like, Oh, I do it to support my family or, Oh, you know, my grandpa was in it and whatever. It could be any, any reason why. Once they gave me the why, then I help them be able to write down the next step is, okay, with your why, what do you want people to get when they listen to your music? What do you want people to get when they speak to you or watch you? They write that out. Then I help them develop a strategy from that. 
And basically, the first that they have to do after they do all of that and answer all the questions that I ask them to get to know themselves more. Because, you know, you, you'll be amazed the question. I ask that question to artists and they don't know how to give me the answer. The main question, like, I'll ask them, why do you do music? Oh, I do music because I want people to feel like being different is okay. I'm like, that's cool, but you're talking about other people. Why do you want to do it? Because once you know the real reason why you do music, it's going to be nothing to create content because you're creating content to connect with other people like you or same mentality as you. Once you figure that out and unlock that door, it's going to be like, you're going to have fun being on social media. You're going to have fun connecting with people because that's the whole purpose of creating, right? Is to help people feel good, to help people feel like they're a part of a community. And so when you feel like you're not a part of a community and you're just doing stuff to be gimmicky or to just get the follows and just get the streams and clickbait and all that, you're going to hate it and you're going to fall off. Or you may be consistent for maybe like a month or two, but you're going to get tired of it because it's draining and then you're burnt out. So once I ask them those questions, then I tell them, take this content strategy and just run with it. Start small. Mm -hmm. You don't have people that tell you you have to post 10 to 16 times a day on TikTok to get a following. Sure, if you want a following like within weeks, but I am starting to fall more on quality versus quantity because I tried that. I tried the let me pump out five reels a day on Instagram and 10 TikToks a day on TikTok. And I hated it. I ended up just starting from scratch. I'm like, I'm burnt out. I don't want to be on social media. People are annoying me. I don't know why I'm doing this. I lost sense of why I was doing something. Once I started focusing more on quality and pushing out quality content and forgetting about the growth, that's when I started seeing that people were sharing, saving, actually commenting more. And sure, yes, it takes a little bit longer with the progress, but that's fine because those people that are following me and interacting with my content, those are people that are going to stick with me for the long run versus people that are just mm -hmm. like, oh, this was cool and it made me laugh. And mm -hmm. then they see me post something of actual substance. They're like, oh, that's not why I followed you. I don't, I don't care about that. Yeah. I just want, I just yeah. want to play. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, J James Clear uh, has a book, Atomic Habits, that uh, I, I highly recommend everybody who's doing anything in business and definitely every creator should read. But one of the, the tips or strategies he used was basically if you make it easy for yourself, it's easy to duplicate. So like you said, if, if you start off with a strategy of 10 reels a day, if you get if you don't like it, if it becomes a chore, if it becomes like, oh, God, I got to do another reel, you, you're never going to sustain that. And you're setting yourself up for failure. But how do you do it where you're like looking forward to doing the reels? And if it's like maybe it's like first thing in the morning or maybe it's the last thing you do before you go to bed, it's like make it something that you can make a habit and you enjoy. Then it's easy to to grow in that success. So, yeah, that, that's a great piece of advice. And I mean, like for me, I'm a mom and I run multiple businesses and I can't be on TikTok and Instagram every single hour of the day or Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Like I have to now be strategic. I tried that and I hated it. It's the same thing with yeah. music artists. If you have a nine to five, if you have kids, if you're married, whatever, your, your schedule, your strategy is not going to look the same as the one artist where that's all they do. They sleep, breathe, walk, music. Second they wake up, they can do music. They have no other things that they have to worry about because all they have is to focus on music. Stop comparing yourself. What may work for that one artist is not going to work for you. You want to make sure at the end of the day, you're finishing off the day with peace in your mind. If you don't have that, it's not going to work out for you. Mm, bar. All right. Well, we are hitting our hour mark. So I'm going to ask you the question I ask everyone. Uh, who's been on this podcast, which is if you could go back to I'm going to say if you could go back to ODU uh, Sabrina and give your old self one piece of advice, what advice would you give yourself? What would it? Gosh, I would give her a lot. Oh, <laughs> um, it would be to focus one thing, focus on one task at a time, one goal at a time. Um, 
yeah, just focus. I have a hard time with that even till this day. So focus, focus, master that one thing. And then if you feel led to, then jump on to the next thing. Be patient with yourself. Give yourself grace. That's what I would tell my old self. Oof, that's a bar. I hope somebody <laughs> takes that. All right. Well, thank you again. Follow Sabrina V. Holder. Uh, I'm going to have all her information here. Sabrina's also blessed us with some of the content we're going to start sharing on our TikTok and Reels. And then ultimately, Sabrina, once this learning platform is live, I would love to have you, Q, uh, come and teach some of these courses um, and, and help through the platform. Um, and any way I can help anything you guys are doing, you know, you've got Davina and I's full support. So of course. thank you again, Sabrina. I appreciate you. You've done an amazing job so far from the 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 wide eyed like, yo, what can I do? How can I plug in? So now you're like running businesses and like holding it down. So thank you. Big ups to you. Thank you. I appreciate y'all. Like y'all have no idea. Honored to be on this platform.